Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Michelle Rick from the University of Finley women's team. Welcome, Coach. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I've driven that way many times, but never actually stopped off at the school since I I grew up in Columbus. My wife uh, grew up in Detroit, so so hit that road many a time, but... uh, you gotta so, make a stop sometime. Next time, next time, next time I go north, we'll uh, we'll definitely make that make that stop. But uh, today I'm I'm just su- sweating like crazy down here in Florida. So, <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you joining. Uh, excited to talk to you. And let's start off first. It's uh, you, we're talking early July here, so I'm sure you're you're getting ready for for the fall, but also kind of in full recruiting swing. Uh, you know, we're past the June 15th timeline of talking to the 25 class. So kind of give me right. an idea of your timeline, how much of your efforts right now are focused on 24s versus 25s. What does yeah. that look like for you in a typical year? Yeah, yeah. So it depends a lot on where the player is at their point in the recruiting process because we get players who come in really, really early and they're interested in us from like their freshman, sophomore year. And so they've got ages of time and we're just staying in touch with them, sending them camp invites and general information. And then later on, we'll take them through the whole process. We'll have them out for an ID camp. We'll have them out for a campus visit, get them to engage with the admission staff and get all the academic information that they need, meet with some players. Uh, And that can be an extended process if we're familiar with them really early on, let's say from right after that June 15th deadline leading into their junior year. So that can be, that can be over a year um, with players that you get really early but we get some players who come in really really late and we go through the recruiting process with them in in a couple months because they're just later in the process we're really interested in them it's a great fit for us Um, so so we can abbreviate things if we need to for sure right now where we're at with 2024s we've got some players that we're staying in touch with to close out a few spots but we're we're mostly set on our 2024 class and and moving pretty heavily into 2025 okay well in terms of uh and and this is i know this is going to change year to year but Overall, when you're looking at players, you're you're out at events, whatnot, especially events. Let's say, what is the mix of whether you're there to see somebody who's been in contact with you already versus I'm going to sit down and watch this game 
and because I know these clubs or these teams or these coaches and I'm hoping I can find somebody <laughs> what what is it like inbound yeah, versus it. outbound however you want to describe it that's a good question. It's um, there's something there's something really rewarding about following up on players who are already interested in the school and the program because some of that some of the process is already taken care of, right? We do, they may have already been to campus or they've looked into it themselves and they love it. The academic fit is perfect. So some of the the fit piece of the puzzle, whether they're going to be happy here for four years, it, which is crucial, right? Um, is already taken care of. So that can be really rewarding if we're then now watching them play. Uh, and, and it turns out that they look like they're going to be a good fit for our program and where we're at right now and what we need for that class. Uh, but there's also a lot of clubs that we just go watch because we've got relationships with that club. We trust what they're doing. Um, we've got good relationships with the coaching staff there. They send us recommendations or this player might be a great fit for a D2 program. They might be a great fit for your program. Come take a look at them. Uh, and, and we'll just go watch good clubs play because we like watching good soccer and we're out of the event, right? Sometimes you just have a bubble in between games that you're scheduled to hit and you, you find a gem that you weren't necessarily looking for. So with those events, what's kind of on your, your hit list? What events do you tend to go to every year? I mean, looking at your roster, it seems to be fairly, let's call it regional based right now, but where are you going uh, tournament wise and places you like to look for players? We do do a lot of regional recruiting. We get a lot of re regional interest. So that's that's a big area for us. And there's a lot of really good club soccer in the Midwest. So we don't have to go too far to watch really high quality soccer and, and see a lot of uh, the players that are already interested in this program. But we will extend that. We'll go to some ECNL and National League events. And we'll go to Florida, down where you're located. There's lots of good soccer. Um and then things are just expanding constantly. There's showcases every other weekend. Uh, and the club landscape has changed so much. So I think right now we're in this zone where we're trying to balance both, both the regional aspect and, and getting out um, and seeing clubs who are a little bit farther away from us because there is players who are interested in, in playing a little bit farther away from home. Maybe the academics are a really great fit for them, or maybe we just find somebody who who wants to get away and have a different college experience somewhere else. Okay. Well, you mentioned camps earlier. So, I mean, how, how much do camps fit into your recruiting process? Do you, uh, do you host your own? Do you and your staff work outside camps? What's that look like? Yeah, so we'll host around four to five ID camps a year, typically one in the fall, one in the spring, a couple over the summer, plus or minus one here and there. Uh, and then we'll also get out to, we'll go to local combines, run through, the exact has one, um, college soccer camps has one. There's a bunch of organizations that run them. So we'll get out to some bigger combines. We'll go to other uh universities id camps we'll we'll get out to anything that's that's within our reach and and it seems like a good opportunity for us to watch some some good players okay well whether you're at an event or an id camp or whatever kind of what makes up your hierarchy of what you're looking for in a player whether that's on the field stuff or off the field stuff yeah, yeah. So so we're looking for we're looking for the typical things, right? Technical and tactical understanding of the game, their their ability to to make a difference for us uh and fit the 
the the holes that we're looking to fill in that class is because it's going to differ a little bit from class to class based on the position, based on the players that we have outgoing and we already have incoming. So it's it's trying to fit players around that. But aside from the technical and tactical piece of the game, because everybody's looking for the same thing, right? Um, and we're we're really looking for players who who've got competitive fire, right? How bad do you want to win, and what does that look like? Are you trying to get the most out of yourself and your teammates? And what does the character side of things look like? Because in my mind, the culture here is in a really good place, and I want to bring in players who are going to enhance that, who are going to feed into that. So we're recruiting character a ton, which means we want to get to know players really well. Uh, and the interactions that we have with them out at recruiting events and at camps on visits are crucial for that, just to get a feel for for what they value and and what level of standard they hold for themselves and their teammates. Okay, well, <clears throat> parents like me, one of, one of the first things we look at is okay, what what's this going to cost me, right? So, yeah, uh, sure. I'm not not holding you to hard numbers here, but can you <laughs> give me an idea of? What, what would an average player coming in be looking at with regards to, you know, obviously the overall cost, but what does the academic scholarship side look like, the athletic scholarship side look like, or can you stack, like, just give me a kind of overview of what that financial situation looks like. Yeah, yeah. So, so tuition and enrollment, every tuition, room and board all together this year is at 50 $50,000 a year. So we take a very high number, right? And we then add academic and athletic scholarship on top of that. And we can bring that really scary number down to a much more approachable figure that competes or is better than most state schools, which is awesome. And, and that's a testament to players doing their job in the classroom and getting a good academic package. So we, we really preach that side of things. Players, uh, you're, we tell players all the time, your parents aren't lying when they get on you about doing your homework and staying on top of your grades. It's going to pay off when you go to apply to colleges because um, our academic packages are great. And that can take that number down. 20,000, I think, is around where our top scholarship is there. Uh, and then adding academic or adding athletic money on top of that academic money can take that number down even further. And I, I would say that puts our average player at about 15,000 to 20,000 a year. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the school. You know, folks may not be familiar. So you've been there. I think this is about to be your second season, if I'm not mistaken, right? So what have you found to be some of the great things about the school? Maybe some things we wouldn't know just by going through the website. Yeah, yeah. So about the school itself, I, I've really I've really come to love the town. Uh, it's a beautiful small city. And I think it is kind of a, a hidden gem in between Dayton and Toledo. Um, there's just there's a really nice downtown area that the local chamber of commerce has done a really good job of of bringing some life back to in the last 10 years uh, and it, it's a fun place to be there's stuff going on um, honestly there's things that I have I've been here a year and I feel like I haven't tried a third of what's what Finley has to offer so I need to get out a little bit more clearly I've been stuck in the office too much but um, uh, so so campus life has a lot to offer players in terms of what the school does to make the student the students experience a really just just a fun place to be uh, this this year they held a big concert so their young gravy came to campus which our players absolutely loved um there's a there's a local theater that hosts a lot of a lot of 
presentations and they'll have concerts as well. They'll have plays come to town. Um, so there's things for there's things for players to do off of campus, but our players more than anything else just love hanging out with each other. So they're gonna they're gonna find things to do on their own. Okay. Well, earlier you mentioned the, the academics and and that focus that the school has. So, but for student athletes, sometimes that's hard, right? Balancing the soccer yeah. demands and and that of the classroom. So, how do your student athletes really manage that balance between? studies in sport and what kind of support systems does the school offer to help them with that? Yeah. So we ask our freshmen to do study tables more than anything else, because I like to see them. I like to have them come into the office so we can check in with them, especially in that freshman year, just to help make, make sure they're getting acclimatized to campus and they're doing okay. Check in on the academic side of things and help them develop some time management skills. But, but after the first semester of their freshman year, we won't ask that they continue study tables as long as their GPA is 3.0 or higher. Uh, and 90% of the team falls into that category. Average team GPA last semester was a 3.7, which is phenomenal. They're crushing it in the classroom. So as long as I can trust that they're going to do their schoolwork, I'm, I'm not going to chase them around and, and make them do study tables. I trust that they can do it on their own. Academic support, free tutoring on campus for all classes. And I, I think from my experience as a player and from, from what I hear from our girls is one of the best parts about being on a team is that you've got your teammates to go to for help with academics. So you can go to a teammate who's probably taken the same class as you and ask them for help and they might be better than any tutor you're going to get. Okay. Well, <clears throat> let's fast forward to uh, the fall. Let's assume we're in a picturesque autumn week in October up in Finley. Uh, what is a typical week going to look like for a player in terms of when our classes, when is practice meals, game cadence, what is that, what is that going to look like for them? Yeah. Yeah. So typical, once we get past preseason, we'll have about a week long preseason and schedules a little bit different for that. There's a lot of orientation events going on and we'll be training two times a day for the most part. But once we get to that first day of classes, it'll typically be Monday, Tuesday, they'll be in classes, we'll train roughly 3.30 to 5.30 in the afternoon. Uh, and that that's a protected hour on campus. So there's no classes blocked off for that period of time, which makes it really nice for, for scheduling our training sessions. They don't have to worry about missing classes. Um, Wednesdays and Saturdays will typically be game days. So well, we might be away if that Wednesday is a, they may miss a few classes if we're away that Wednesday. Um, if not, they'll go to classes in the morning and then, and then get ready for game. Uh, Thursday, Friday would be training again. And then Saturday game day, Sunday is always an off day. And then we'll typically do uh, our pregame session and our postgame session will typically have some some element of film, some element of, of game strategy involved. We might have a, a pregame meeting. We typically do a pregame meal that lines up with our scouting report. Uh, and then that postgame session will typically be a little bit lighter just to give us a, some recovery time. Okay. Well, let's shift gears, talk a little bit more about the the team and the soccer side then. So kind of more of a recruiting question, I guess, but is there a roster size that you find is ideal that you're trying to hit each year? Roughly 30 to 35 players is is our sweet spot. Okay. And you guys don't have like a JV or reserve side, do you? 
We don't, and yeah. no plans to in the future. Okay, yeah. There's just some. It's funny how some conferences that's very, very, very prevalent, and then in others it's not at all. So it's uh. There's a there's two in our conference right now that do. Oh yeah. Okay. I think yeah. I think Tiffin does, and I think Thomas Moore does, but I think that's the that's that's it. Okay. Well, besides roster of players, you obviously have a staff roster. So kind of give me an idea what staff your staff looks like what role does everybody play what kind of maybe other athletic department staff help out with that team what does what does that look like yeah so so as far as full-time positions myself and my assistant sierra are are full-time she helps with everything that we do day to day from from game day management to um making sure that travel itineraries get sent out gear gets ordered she's on top of anything that we ask her to do and the girls trust her wholeheartedly and can go to her for anything that they need, which is really nice to have an assistant that you trust is, is not only there to help you with anything that you, you might send her way, but that the players trust as well. She's also an alumni. So that makes her, that made her for me a really great asset in terms of just getting to know the town. Um, Cause she knows any, any question that you're going to ask her about Finley. She's a townie. She's lived here her whole life and she loves it. So she's going to, she's the person I go to when I got a Finley or, or a UF related question. Uh, we have a goalkeeper coach. Uh, he works with our goalkeepers and we, he comes to us on, he comes with us on most away games. He's fantastic. Does a great job for us with the goalkeepers. Um, and then we also have a full-time athletic trainer during season, Brett and she she's wonderful with the girls and then we have a strength and conditioning coach as well which is something that not all d2 programs have as a designated strength and conditioning coach Tyler Beckley uh, and he is phenomenal with the girls they, they absolutely love him they work really hard for him and he goes out of his way to to really help them develop in the weight room and just as athletes in general okay well I know it's July, but l l let's rewind then. So can you give me an idea of what your kind of off season, what that spring looked like for players? Yeah. So, so off season in the, so we'll be almost entirely off in December. They won't hear from us too much unless they reach out and, and are looking for training information. We kind of give them a little bit of time to reboot and recharge. They need that break because that's pretty much the only break from soccer and from training that they get, right? Um, and then they'll come back about midway through January and we'll start individual and small group training sessions. We'll do that inside on our futsal surfaces. We'll play futsal. We'll play a futsal league once a week and that gets really fun and competitive. Um, we were talking amongst the staff uh, earlier this year, and I don't think we ever had had a bad futsal session, right? The girls just love it, uh, and they it's a, just a good opportunity to compete and have a little bit of fun, and then they'll be lifting four days a week as well as soon as we come back in January. That'll continue all the way through the spring, and then when the weather breaks about midway through March, we'll train consistently outdoors. We'll play our our, our spring competitive season. Uh, and that'll go from March to about the end of April. We'll play five game days. Uh, so we'll be during that spring competitive season, we'll be playing four days a week. We'll be training four days a week um, and they'll be lifting four days a week uh, and we'll play five game days. So that's that's what it looks like in the spring for us. And it's nice to have that that full spring season because you get a lot of player development and team development development in terms of developing a 
a style of play, uh, working on defensive and attacking principles of play that you can carry into the fall. Yeah, excited so sure. to see all that come together here soon. Yeah. Well, speaking of fall, and you know, it's game day. So, what? How would you describe kind of your style of coaching and then the team style of play that you're looking to use? Yeah. So, so style of coaching. I one of my favorite parts about this job is is being able to empower a group of players to own a culture and own their own development, push themselves and their teammates, and get the most out of this experience every day. And I want them to see it as an opportunity and to take ownership of that. Uh, so. I describe myself as a very player-centric coach. And by that, I mean, I like to give players a voice in things. I'll respect their voice. I'm going to treat them like adults. Now, if they abuse that, that right of privilege is going to be taken away very quickly. But the the culture is something we do a lot of work on and to put to get it to a place where we do trust them. We do trust that their their values, their intentions, their character is in the right place. Uh, and we can give them some ownership over aspects of the program. As far as style of coaching during training sessions and in-game, it's very conversational. I like to have a dialogue with players. I like to help them with the decision-making side of things. I'm not a micromanager as a coach. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell them how they need to do every single uh, micro action that that's gonna happen on the field because the game moves too fast for that. So I want to help them make the right decision in the moment by themselves. Uh, and give them the skills to do the right thing in the future to make the right decision in the future. Uh, if if some mistake happens and we need we need to learn from an experience. Okay, well, we've covered a lot of different areas, but uh, I like to end these with one question, and that is, if you had one piece of advice, one nugget of wisdom that you would want to impart on any parent, player, anybody going through the college soccer recruiting process, what would that be? That is a great question. It would be that the difference between between privilege and entitlement is gratitude. And I want players and parents to be grateful for the experience. Being a college athlete is a privilege and I want to see players make the most of that experience. And if you look at it with gratitude and you come into it with a, I get to do this, not I have to do this. And you do that every single day, you will make the most of the experience. Um, and even on the days when it's hard, you can make the most of it and find a way to get better. I absolutely love that. I will be clipping that little segment out and posting it everywhere I can find. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, I really appreciate the time. I uh, wish you the best of luck this fall and hopefully maybe January when ECNL rolls down to Florida, uh, you'll be down here. We can get catch up in real, real time. Let's All go. right. Sounds great. I hope it's a little bit less hot then. Uh, it should be. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you much, coach. Take care. Take care. Have a good one, Matt. You too.